Hey, this is James Spann, and you are listening to The Big Cast. Now, here are your hosts, Grant Wakefield and Brody Gravitt. That's right. Welcome to The Big Cast, everybody. I'm Grant Wakefield. And I'm Brody Gravitt. we got a very special episode for you today. Our guest is Mr. Jason Deason. He is a principal at Alexandria High School. We told you about his story back in Episode 7. He had his daughter born several weeks premature, premature at one pound, one ounce. And she was able to come home in December, and he was grateful enough to come on the show and talk with us about her story and her testimony. And we'll have him on the other side of the break, but we take a quick break, and we'll be right back. We want to give a big shout-out to Bethany Honey of Refine Home Store and Design for donating items to enhance our interview studio for The Roar. Thank you for your support, Bethany. So we are joined now by the principal of Alexandria High School, Mr. Jason Deason. Mr. Deason, welcome, and thank you for joining us today. Good morning, guys. I appreciate y'all having me. So uh, we'll start first off. Kind of just tell our listeners about your family, your life, your life, and your career. Tell who you are. Yeah, um, you know, up until probably this past summer, it wasn't too eventful, but. Uh, I'm from a little town in Etowah County called Glencoe, which is probably 15 miles up the road from where I'm the principal in Alexandria. Um, Alexandria is, you know, right up the road from Jacksonville State. We're 5A school. Um, married to my wife, Ashley. We have two daughters, Sarah Kate. She's just turned five in December. And Olivia Grace, which most people know is OG. Um, she's five months. So she's about to be six months old. And she was born almost 13 weeks premature um, in July this past summer. And we spent four and a half uh, months in Birmingham in the hospital before she could come home. And we've finally been home since December 10th. So we're, um, we're rocking and rolling now. We're adjusting to a new normal and, you know, throw in a, pandemic and work and everything else and it's just been a it's been a crazy ride right, so you talked a little bit about your daughter right there she came into this world premature on july 27 tell us um, um just kind of describe the moments and the emotions you felt uh trying to get to the hospital making sure your wife and daughter were okay oh man yeah that you want to talk about the definition of stress um my wife is the calm one in our family, I'm not, you know, I'm a hundred miles an hour all the time. And I was at home by myself when Ashley was working. She works as a nurse at RMC uh, Regional Medical Center Hospital in Aniston. And she happened to be on call this day. So she was working over her 12 hours. And uh, she called me and said, hey, uh, something's happened. Don't freak out. I don't know what's going on, but there's something going on with my body you know, basically, um, I said, okay, do I need to come up? She's like, no, just uh, let me see what's going on. And so I'm sitting in the house by myself. My other daughter was at my in-laws in another town. So it was, um, kind of a waiting game to see what was up and I'm impatient. So I was texting her, you know, what's going on, what's going on. And then, she she texted me or called me. I can't remember which one, but she said this was July twenty third. She said uh, my water broke, and they're trying to call a helicopter. Um, so I live probably 
10 minutes tops from the hospital. And, you know, I didn't say anything. I just got in the car and uh, went straight to Aniston. And when we got there, there was, you know, you know that feeling like when you walk into a room and you can hear like a pin drop or you feel like the air left. That's what I felt like whenever I walked in. It was just, um, you could see the seriousness in everybody's face. Like this is a big deal. And that night there was weather between Birmingham and Aniston. So the helicopter couldn't fly. So they had to call an ambulance. And for whatever reason, it took three and a half hours for an ambulance to get to the hospital to transport her. You know, I could have thrown her in the back of her own car. You know, she's got a big SUV. I could have thrown her in the back and got her to the hospital before the ambulance would have got to the uh, hospital to take her. But it was a waiting game because they were trying to keep her um, Oh, here he is. Yeah, he's back. Okay. Can you hear something? Yeah. 2022 fashion. I mean, uh-huh. I gotta... uh-huh. it's still recording. Yeah, we're still recording. I think we're good. Okay. Here we go. Uh, I, I think we cut out right when you. Yeah, well, were... I think we cut out right when you were talking about uh, when y'all had to call the ambulance to get her to the hospital. So if you can kind of start up there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, we waited three and a half hours at the hospital, and um, finally the ambulance came and put her in, and I got in the car and took off behind the ambulance, and finally we got the UAB at, at Birmingham at about two in the morning, um, and then it was just the the goal was to keep Olivia Grace contained as long as possible, and you know she she stayed in there for four days before she finally came. But it was, um, yeah, good grief. You're talking about the whole thing was stressful, but waiting on her to get from point A to point B and, you know, trying to, you know, just stay. And you being a male, you're helpless. There's literally nothing you can do. So I was just trying to be whatever support that I could be for her um, at that crazy time. But truth be told, I wish I had somebody there to be <laughs> to be by my side because I was freaking out too. And you said it's very stressful. So this whole journey could have been a challenge to your faith and you're a big man of faith. Uh, how was it important to keep your faith this whole during the entire time? In, you know, witnessing what I witnessed, you know, even I try to tell people, you know, I'm not, I, I, I've never claimed to be somebody that can go out and quote any scriptures from the Bible that's asked of me. I, you know, I go to church we went to church every Sunday, had a nice church family and um, a Christian. But until you witness something like this or you go through something like this, it, it, to me, you know, I'm biased, but it's just really hard for me to grasp how people can't believe in God and, and miracles because this was the most incredible thing that I've ever, I've ever been a part of. You know, it, it's... It could have been a lot smoother, um, but, you know, I relied on him, and then I had a really good support system. You know, we had a um, literally 
I created a Facebook page so I wouldn't clog up everybody's timeline just for people that didn't really, you know, want to know about it or what. I don't know if that's the word, but the people that kept on adding and sending messages and doing all kinds of things, it was just incredible the outpouring of support and, you know, people's Christian backgrounds, talking to them to rely on God. And, you know, it just opened my eyes to a completely different thing. Um, you know, I, I prayed more um, still to this day, but while I was in the hospital, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think I, I prayed as much as I did while I was in the hospital in my life. And um, when you see a 17 ounce baby being born and then seeing how well she does over the progress and how wonderful the people treated us and you know the prayers worked i mean i there's, there's just no no other way of uh of saying it i mean it's just it's a god thing so like you said earlier olivia grace was able to come home on december 10th 2021 uh describe the emotions and maybe even relief that you felt when you're able to get her home for the first time Uh, yeah, that was, that was a, um, not having to drive from Birmingham to Alexandria every day was, a, was a positive in itself, but you know, our, our other daughter, Sawyer Kate, she, um, she was the one that actually named Olivia Grace. She randomly came up with her name a couple of years ago when she was about three years old. She just said that she wanted a baby sister and she wanted to name her Olivia Grace. And, you know, I I always had aspirations of having a boy and, you know, hearing his name being called over the PA at the football game or the baseball game, pitching, you know, playing ball. But, you know, I'm a straight-up girl dad now, and it's hard for me to imagine any other way. But, you know, she was so excited and pumped about having a little sister, and then she had to go four and a half months without even meeting her. You know, she she only got to see her through FaceTime, you know, and for, for a while, you know, Olivia Grace was in an incubator, so – I'd have to put up the phone to the plastic around it. And um, kids are resilient. You don't really understand how, how well they can handle things until you're in, they're in the situation. And I have what I've come to realize, one of the most mature five-year-olds on the planet. I may come to regret saying that one day when she's running me ragged. <laughs> but, you know, having her, um, having her home and her getting st- – see her for the first time was just the coolest experience I've ever I mean it made it made all the all the prayers all the hard times all the long nights the lack of sleep it it was worth it in in that moment that we finally got to cross that threshold at home and um big sis got to see little sis to me that was just the the best thing about it and today uh Olivia Grace is now over 10 pounds and, and she's enjoying life at home. So, so kind of describe what it was like to have your daughters at home, especially at Christmas, having to get to spend the first Christmas together. Well, how did it feel having my both my daughters together at Christmas at home? Is that what you said? Yes, sir. You're you're getting to experience Alexandria Internet through <laughs> this because if the wind doesn't blow a certain direction. You know, it's just good luck. Um, that was, I mean, it, it was a Christmas miracle. I mean, you know, having Olivia Grace just being there, period, you know, alive in general um, was a miracle in itself. But then having us as a whole, an entire family together, 
um, it was it, it was just special. I mean, it was the best Christmas gift, you know. I could, you know, I could probably talk about how I got a new pair of boots or something that I really loved for Christmas and thing about it. But I'd be lying and just being home. You take you start to. You know, and I tell my students all the time, and I don't know if anybody tells you all this or not, but just consider me giving you a little piece of advice. Just don't don't take the little things for granted because one day, one day you're going to realize that they were the biggest. You know, tell um, tell people you love them. You know, don't don't be too manly to tell people you love them. You know, go out of your way to help people. It takes zero energy to be kind. And um, pick up the phone when someone calls. You know, you just don't ever know. And there were so many days that we didn't know that Olivia Grace was even going to wake up the next morning and then to have her all, all of us at home for Christmas. Um, it was just icing on the cake and it, it was just a blessing. You just hit on this a little bit, but um, what has been the most important lesson that Olivia's life has taught you so far? So, don't take anything for granted. I mean, I, you know, you've, you've got to, you got to understand that this, this world is crazy and it can throw anything at you. You know, I, you just don't know what each day, every day is a blessing. I mean, I, you hear it all the time. I heard it before Olivia Grace was born and it's just kind of one of those cliche things that you kind of just let it roll off your back. But until you go through something like this, it, you, you realize how big of how, how, true it is um we were in north carolina two weeks before all this happened on the beach um you know living our best life i mean there wasn't anything that we were worried about you know and um i, I was i don't remember what i was watching but i guarantee you it was probably something sports related i was sitting at the house when i got that text message that this was happening you know you just don't ever know and um, you know, I pray a lot more than what I used to, and I talk to God a lot more. You know, beforehand, I probably talked to him a lot more when I needed something. You know, now I uh, I talk to him a lot more just to talk to him. <laughs> you know, thank him for um, waking me up and seeing another day to be with my family. That's um, that's probably the biggest thing that I've taken away from this is you just don't ever, you don't ever know what each day is going to bring. So you need to make the most out of it. And you know, it takes zero energy to be a kind person and to go out of your way to help people. And that can that can be something as simple as a hello. Because when we went through this, I was very prideful about not taking people's money. You know, like just I, I wanted people to pray. And, you know, that's just a man thing. I, I, I just I can do this myself. You know, don't don't worry about me. Um, but then I had one person tell me, you know, a good friend of mine, they're like, you need to, you need to shut up and quit robbing me of my blessing. And, you know, I, I didn't think of it that way. And I'm like, all right. And then, you know, just another God thing. I realized pretty quickly how, how much help we needed. Um, I mean, you know, when you're away from home for four and a half months, living away from home, you know, one paycheck, you just, you start, you start realizing things that don't matter. And then, you hit your knees and pray and you put yourself in vulnerable positions and that's okay. You know, it's just that that's part of life. So the way that we were able to find out about Olivia Grace's story was through your Twitter page. And 
a lot of people have come and and found out about it that way and have come and asked for how they can help. How has that support been just from like people that you may not know that have just poured out support to you and your family? Oh, I mean, it's been incredible. I mean, you know, I get to talk to you guys this morning. You know, I wouldn't have ever done that if none of this would happen. So, you know, I got two new buddies here, but it's that, that to me is one of the wildest things. I've always been big on social media. Just, I, I like it for sports stuff. And with my job, I'm, you know, I, I try to put as much Alexander stuff as I can. And, you know, I'm not afraid every once in a while to talk a little trash to whoever Auburn's playing, you know, whether, um, whether it's basketball, mainly basketball, um, a little bit of football, but I hadn't really had much to talk about over the last couple of years with football. But, um, and I, I've always been active on it. You know, I, I there's so many good things that can go from it. Um, and it gets a bad rap because people abuse it. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are, um, they hide behind a keyboard when it comes to certain things instead of having face-to-face interactions. Um, whether they're good or bad, you know, you, I think it's important to, to, to talk to people face to face when it comes to certain things. But that was how, when all this started, I just got on social media, Twitter and Facebook and just asked for prayers. I mean, that was the first thing that came to mind because like I told you, being a guy in this situation, is extremely helpless. And um, that was what I thought I could do. You know, I, I can reach people. Um, I didn't, I don't have a ton of followers or anything like that, you know, I, but all it takes is one person to share this and then another person to share it. And then, you know, it's just a domino effect. And that's what happened. You know, her Facebook page, when I updated it yesterday, I think it's got 60, 67 or 6,800 people that follow it. And then, you know, I've got, you know, 2,200 people, I think now that followed me on Twitter. And I bet whenever she was born, I may have had 500, <laughs> I, you know, and I'm well aware nobody's there for me. They're there for a living grace. I'm completely cool with that because I try to update everybody um, as much as I can. You know, I was doing it twice today, every day while we were in the hospital. And then when she has doctor's appointments and, you know, milestones is when I post about it now. But that has been the cool, one of the coolest things about this because I had so many people that have been through situations similar to ours that sent pictures of their kids that were micro preemies that graduated as valedictorian, you know, graduated from Auburn, you know, um, played quarterback, played with cheerleader, you know, all these stories and people I have no idea who they are. But that is, if you're having a tough day at the hospital and you're looking at your little girl with wires and cords and stuff hooked up to her, and then you have a complete stranger send you a message and send you a prayer scripture and pictures of when their child was you know similar to her and then they and before and then a current picture of them graduating um that to me was one of the coolest things that i've been through and still just i've made so many friends and um acquaintances because of olivia grace and her testimony through social media um that's just been just kind of a really cool aspect of it and you know having that amount of prayer I think it just um, it's that's that should be put in the definition of social media that that there is a lot of positive that can come from it if you do it right. Um, so you created the um, the fight like OG 
hashtag and bracelets. So uh, talk, talk a little bit about that and how that has really influenced and impacted the situation. Yeah, now, I, when we first started doing um, the Facebook page and everything, I think I had my, my hashtag that I was using was pray for OG. And I don't know if y'all have ever heard of Glencoe, um, but there's communities around Glencoe and Alexandria. Um, and when it comes to sports and stuff, they don't, we don't like each other. You know, we respect each other, but when it comes to sports, it's just, it's, you just don't mesh. Um, and during the early stages of this, you know, people in Alexandria made the, there's two different bracelets and, you know, one of them, um, was the fight like OG, the orange one. And then the other one was the purple one that says tiny but mighty and it has Olivia Grace's name on it. And the people from Alexandria made the Olivia Grace one, the tiny but mighty, because I was using that as one of my hashtags too. I was just trying to think of anything just to get people to click. But then the communities surrounding Alexandria that we play in athletics started sending me pictures of um, they were the ones that created this fight like OG uh, wristband. And you had the Westbrook Christian School, Southside High School, um, you know, um, Hoax Bluff High School, Glencoe High School, where I went to school, all just putting banners up um, during their events and everybody wearing these wristbands. And then I was the assistant principal at Benjamin Russell High School, which is a 6A school in Alexander City. You got to go through it depending on which way you go to Auburn. Um, but I was the AP there. And, you know, they were they had football cheerleaders that made stuff on their on their fence lines for, during their football games, you know, and I'm not there anymore. That was just like – you talk about being humbled, um, having that many people out there just loving on you and loving on your little girl. I mean, that, that, that's just um, – that that was amazing. And, you know, they, they sold them for one or two dollars a piece and they gave us all the money and it's just um, – it, it, it was incredible, and now you, when you go through something like this, I have a, a I kind of have a fire in me now to pay it forward. You know, like right now, I got a a friend of mine that's got a three year old that's got a brain tumor, and she's and, and they found out like I mean headaches last week, brain tumor this week, and you know that just goes back to talking about you just never know, and um, just a three year old daughter. And she's having that surgery this morning. Um, and, you know, I put her stuff on my Twitter and I put her stuff on my Facebook page. And I, I'm everybody is starting to rally around her. And, you know, it's not like I can go outside and get a bullhorn and have hundreds and thousands of people to come and listen to me. You know, um, social media is a way to do that in a positive way. And that's how this hashtag got started. And hearing people's stories that she's inspired people and stuff. And, you know, guys, she's, I mean, she's not even six months old yet. She has a, a long road, a road that we have no idea what's going to be on. You know, it, it's just a lot of unknowns, but man, you know, I, I, I told somebody she could, she can have an arm growing out of her head and I wouldn't care. You know, she's, she's already over, overcame so much and, the, the amount of people that have come out of the woodwork to support her, whether it be wristbands, money, prayers, whatever it may be, it's just um, it's just been an incredible ride, you know, and we're just now getting started. 
honestly. So our final question is, what is something that you want, maybe families that have the same situation that you and your family were going through, what is something that you want them to learn from Olivia Grace and her journey? You know, buckle up. Um, it, it's it, it's a bumpy ride, you know. It, it's, it's a roller coaster. But it is something that requires um, prayer and some kind of faith. You know, you, you got to have faith in God or you got to have faith in the doctors. You got to have faith in the nurses. You got to have faith in yourself. You know, um, you start learning that some things that you worry about, honestly, is just trivial. Like, you know, why did I, you know, what, why, why am I worrying about that? You know, don't, you got to take time for yourself too, because when you start going through stuff like this, it's, it's tough. It, it weighs on you. And, um, to me, and this is, people think I'm lying whenever I tell them this because I'm so extroverted, but it's really hard for me to like open up just, and, and tell my feelings just off the cuff to someone like if I'm in the middle of all this, you know, um, you know, like my parents, not when they passed away, um, years ago, you know, I just kind of shut down. I didn't, I didn't talk to anybody. You know, I had millions of people that wanted to talk to me, you know, but you know, let's go out. And I just, I don't, but the older I've gotten, the real, I realized that you, whether it's a tiny circle, it can be one person, it can be two people, or you can have 30 people. However, you need to have people to lean on and talk to and um, just keep the faith because there, there's going to be days that you, you, you're going to want to give up, but just never give up. Um, whether, whether you're um, struggling getting some sleep, whether you're struggling eating cafeteria food in the hospital every day and um, just worried about the inevitable stuff that's out of your control is the biggest thing. Control what you can control. Pray and tell people you love them. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing that I can tell people. You know, don't sweat the small things because one day you're going to realize that some of them are the biggest. You know, I, I can complain until I'm blue in the face about uh, the color of a wall in my house and the only thing that's going to change that is if I get off my tail and paint it myself. Um, but then when you don't have your home and you're in an apartment over an hour away and your life gets completely changed is that that's when you start realizing, you know, I, I there could be a hole in my wall and I wouldn't care at this point. I just want to be home. Um, just, Biggest thing I can tell you, if anybody's going through this, is pray. It's going to be okay, whatever the outcome. There, you, you need to have a circle that you can rely on and um, give it all to God. and Don't sweat the, the things that you can't control. You know, what, what's going to happen is going to happen, but having people around you that love you and um, can pray with you, I'm telling you, it makes, a, it makes a world of difference. And that's coming from someone that learned that really quickly. Um, and I'll, I'll share that story until I'm blue in the face. I, I, um, I'm a Christian. Um, I failed daily. I'm a sinner. Um, no way shape. I'm, I'm no different than any human on this planet. There's so many more people better than me. Um, 
but that that's part of what makes my story so cool is that God doesn't care who you are. You know, he, um, he doesn't, he doesn't care that you can, you can quote a hundred Bible verses, one Bible verse, as long as you have a relationship with him and you talk to him in the good times and the bad, it, that to me, that that's, um, that's something that's going to carry you forever. Cause you know, this is as good and bad and everything that we got going on in this world right now, you know, we, we just, we're passing through. So, um, but just don't give up. So before we go, I'm going to share my screen real quick. And this is a picture of Olivia Grace at birth. We saw that earlier. And then this is the picture of her just a few days ago. Yep, that was her yesterday. And and so and you said she had a doctor's appointment yesterday, and then I read on your Twitter page that she has another one tomorrow as well. Yeah. Yeah. We had to go to the endocrinologist yesterday because she has she has hypothyroidism. Um so they have she takes medicine for a thyroid every day. And um the appointment went well, you know, the the doctor was optimistic that she wasn't going to be on that medicine her entire life. So um which is honestly it's not uncommon for people to have to take thyroid medicine their entire life, but they were optimistic that she would be off of it at some point. And then tomorrow we go back to Birmingham to the cardiologist, you know, to check out her heart. Um while we were in the hospital, you know, she had a little hole in her heart. Um which wasn't you know, I, I'm just a simple man. When you come in, you say your daughter's got a hole in your heart. You just, you know, you want to, you want to fall out of your chair. But they acted like it was just this normal thing that would work itself out. So, you know, they could speak French to me, and I would listen. And just, yeah, you know, I would act like I knew what they were talking about. <laughs> I had to Google half the stuff that they talked to me about anyway. Whenever they left the room, the doctors. But um, I'm sure they'll check on that tomorrow and her heart rate and. Cause she's on oxygen still and she's on a feeding pump still, you know, there's cords and alarms and all kinds of stuff, you know, we're at home, but you know, it still feels like we're in the hospital on occasion. Um, but that's just part of the new normal trying to get, just getting adjusted to a new routine. I mean, that's, that's it. Um, but yeah, we go back tomorrow for the cardiologist and then I can't remember when the next appointment is. There's one or two in February. You know, and this is just something that's going to continue to go on for the foreseeable future. And that's okay. You know, drive to Birmingham every once in a while, get a checkup. That's okay. It's definitely better than the alternative. So, as an entire podcast, we're praying for you, praying for your family, and uh, we wish you all the best of luck uh, going forward. And so, Mr. Deason, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, guys, man. I appreciate it. And, um, I noticed that Grant, you play, you play baseball, right? Yes, sir. You play baseball. Baseball, baseball and football, yes, sir. Good deal, man. That's talking. You're talking my language now. Well, you know, it's like I told you earlier. um, I've met a lot of incredible people that I don't even know um, because of Olivia Grace's testimony, and um, you know, I, I appreciate. Y'all reaching out to me, and I, I, you know, I consider you guys friends, and I'll keep up with you guys during baseball season. If y'all ever need anything from me, um, 
you know where to find me. And I, I appreciate y'all. Um, you know, y'all have inspired me to try to light a fire under some of my students here to do something like this. I just think this is so cool. Um, um, you know, send my regards to the teachers and whoever else that's letting you guys do this. That's a, um, it's just cool. I'm a, you know, I go, I'm going to have to make sure that I pick the right kids in the school to do it. You know, I don't want some knucklehead coming on here making me look bad here. I was, I'm just kidding. But I, um, I appreciate you guys, and uh, y'all are doing an awesome job. I went back and looked at some of your other stuff. Y'all continue to do what you do. And if you ever need anything from me in the future, you know where to find me. I'll be more than glad to help you guys. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Sure, thank you. So when we come back, we'll wrap things up. We'll be right back. Hey, Brody, check this out. What is it, Grant? It's the brand new Hateable City Schools app. Oh, that's so cool. That's right. It's free and it's available on all, on all Apple and Android devices. Everything HCS, school documents, events, directories, alerts, and news are all available at your fingertips. Download, Download it today. today. Welcome you back, and that will conclude today's episode. Thank you so much. For Mr. Jason Deason for stopping by. Don't forget to listen to all our episodes on Spotify or YouTube. Like and subscribe to the Royal YouTube page. Follow us on social media at the Big Cast on Instagram, Big Cast HHS on Twitter, or email us bigcasthhs at gmail.com. All lowercase. All lowercase. And follow Mr. Deason on Twitter at Deason Valley Cub. Uh, we'll put that. We'll put a note of that in the description of this episode as well. But for the entire Big Cast crew, I'm Grant Wakefield and I'm Rudy Graven. Saying so long. Till next time.